Welcome to the first episode of the Art of You podcast. Today we are joined by fitness professional Oliver Anwar, founder of The Worker Coach. In this episode, Oliver shares his story on how he built his brand, habits we can instill in our daily lives to achieve high levels of fitness, his approach to reducing damage from partying or having a night out, and his mindset for continually raising the bar mentally and physically. Here with Oliver Anwar, a new friend of mine that I've connected with uh, via social media. Been following him for a bit on Twitter and uh, Instagram. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you, man. Uh, Thanks for joining us today. Appreciate you having me on, Jimmy. And likewise, it's great to connect with you, man. Um, Be following your music and listening to your mixes on workouts. So, uh, yeah, man, (laughs) it's great to connect, bro. Oh, I I love to hear that. That that made my day, man. so why don't you, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I know you've uh, grown up in the UK. Um, you know, what were your interests and uh, things that you like to do uh, growing up? For sure, man. So, um, yeah, my name's Oliver and I'm from the UK, as you can probably hear from the accent. Um, I have a passion for health and fitness uh, and I run my own online fitness coaching business called The Worker Coach. Growing up, I was always very active and fit. So I was lucky enough to play center of excellence and academy level soccer or football here in the UK, uh, which is kind of like the um, highest level you can play as a young kid. So I loved football as a young guy. And, um, you know, I really had my eyes on being a professional footballer when I grew up. Sadly, that didn't happen. And, you know, I didn't make it as a professional. And I actually sort of used my enthusiasm and passion for health and fitness to move into kind of the gym space and to start training myself to build my body to build my self confidence. Uh, And now I've built a business out of it, which is pretty cool. So um, my goal is just to help as many people as I can throughout my journey, get healthier, get fitter, Um, specifically kind of busy professionals and guys that travel a lot and work a lot. Um, That is kind of me in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, That's amazing, man. Um, you kind of had a transition or a moment when you went to university where, um, you know, maybe you weren't playing soccer anymore and you were around uh, some other types of athletes um, that you've mentioned. How did that have a motivation or impact on you to pursue, um, you know, a higher calling fitness? For sure, man. Great question. So I think for me, you know, at that time you transition from kind of a little kid into a a young man um, and going from kind of, a child to a man is, is a big thing because when you're a kid you get all of this kind of you kind of get a pass right people are like oh he's still a young kid he's okay and then you move into like adulthood and you know as you become an adult no one really cares about you man you're, you're the same as everybody else um and then I started you know being at university and studying with these big like rugby players these big muscly guys um and you know what these guys were getting all the attention from girls they were you know always the most popular and things like that I'd always been quite a confident guy but being you know a skinny footballer I was like right I, I just need to you know, I need to build my body. I need to take this passion for fitness to a next level of insecurity, right? Um, which is mainly what a lot of guys uh, that are younger um, get into fitness for. And that was essentially it. Um, I also had like a passion for the science side of things as well, the nutrition side and just generally being healthy. But a lot of it did stem from the fact that those around me were healthy and fit and bigger than me. And I wanted to be like that as well. You know, having people that are um, a few steps ahead of you definitely uh, helps uh, provide some uh, motivation to kind of get better. Like, Man, sure. I want to I want to stack up against these guys. So, um, you know, while you were in uh, university, 
and uh, you know, you're starting to really um, incorporate these habits for fitness and lifting. When did you start to, um, you know, create your own business or your own website and try and uh, branch off building your own brand that way? Great question. So um, it actually started when I was um, getting in shape for holiday and I started getting into some half decent shape. Like people were looking at me like, how do you do this, man? Like just friends and family and things like that. Um, so lots of inquiries. And I was like helping people out for free. I was just like, yeah, sure. This is kind of my training. This is what I do uh, and things like that. And it got to the point where I was getting so many people ask me and get questions. I was like, I can monetize this. There's an opportunity here for me to kind of help people. Um, through making some money and I was at university as well. So I was a broke ass student. So I needed some more money. Um, so um, yeah, I was sat at my mate's sofa one summer. I never forget this. And he runs his own business as well. And he basically said to me, you can set up a website for 99p. This is the domain. He's like, why don't you just build this over summer? He goes, it'd be cool. I'll help you out. Do it. So I said, yeah, fuck it. What 99p is nothing. So uh, bought this domain, literally went on YouTube, uh, went on all the tutorials and learned how to build a WordPress website. By the end of the summer, I had this website built that could take payments that had all these nice photos and things like that. Um, and then, yeah, from there, I just kind of decided to start coaching people online. Um, I remember launching on the first evening and I got my first sale like on the first night of launch, right? Somebody had decided awesome. to pay me some money for coaching. And at that point, I was ecstatic. I was so happy. Um, but I was also like, shit, man, I better learn how to do this because I wasn't expecting someone to do this straight away. So I kind of threw myself in the deep end, which I'm grateful for. Um, and now it's kind of what I'm doing full time. And I'm really grateful for that. It's, it's awesome hearing people talk about that first, that first sale, that first opportunity that they got to really like ignite them like, hey, you know, this is actually possible. What, what did you learn from that first brand that um, has kind of helped stabilize this current brand? That's another really good question. So initially I set up my business under the name of Rohan Moore Fitness. So people, um, my, my middle name's Roha. So people call me Ro and I just named it Rohan Moore Fitness. Now that was fantastic as like a personal brand because people knew me and therefore my name and then fitness really worked, right? People knew who I was. But then as I started getting into kind of, you know, scaling up a little bit and starting to, you know, get more clients, it didn't make sense to have my name attached to the business, right? Like I wanted this to be a brand that if I wasn't working for it, I could detach myself from it and people would know what it means, right? Um, and that's why I went for the worker coach because I wanted to target busy professionals and busy workers. Um, and the name kind of makes sense for, for the working professional. Um, so I rebranded. Um, it's, it's about this time last year that I rebranded as well. And since then, I've been able to help the people that I want to help. And I think that's the biggest difference is people now see my website, they see my domain, they see the brand and they see, ah, he works with busy professionals. I'm a busy professional. He has or potentially has um the solution to my problem. Uh, and that's kind of how I looked at it. Um, and I'd also spent six months uh, prior to, um, oh, sorry, after leaving university in a corporate job. So I worked a nine to five. I knew the struggles and the pain points of what these guys went through because I was going through it myself, how busy they were, how hard it was for nutrition and training. So I decided to help these guys out um, because I felt that they needed the most help and I had kind of the experience in that um, arena to help. So um, yeah, that's kind of, the brand thing. I think it definitely helped me rebranding. I love that. Um, it, it definitely makes sense. It, it, the worker coach brand immediately points to, Hey, I work with professionals, people that have um, a schedule kind of set for them based off of, uh, you know, who they're working for a company that they're working for, just how tough it is with a nine to five schedule. How do you create momentum at the beginning of your week where you're not going to fall into the trap in, in those transition or liminal moments throughout the day where you're like, Oh man, what do I eat next? 
you know, am I going to work out today? Like what are, what are some tips that you have for people that, you know, have um, a really strict schedule like that? Yeah, for sure. So I think the first one is just making sure that you have a plan, right? Like the plan literally is a time-saving hack because most people wing it, right? They go through Monday and Tuesday, they do okay. They eat some good food, they do their workouts and then they get to Wednesday like, oh, I've run out of food or, oh no, I've got a meeting today. I don't know what my workout is. And then they go, ah, oh, fuck, I'm just not going to do it. Today. And then they don't do it again until the next the next week. Whereas what I'm a big proponent of is kind of pre-planning and saying, okay, this is what my week's looking like. This is where my meetings are. This is the time I'm leaving for work. Let's potentially do a meal prep on Sunday, right? Where I prep my food and then I can have my lunches mapped out for five days. That's one less thing I've got to think of. And if you think of it from a busy professional standpoint, They've got lots of decisions to make throughout the course of the day. They have to, you know, make decisions with business, make decisions with their colleagues. Making food another decision actually is not going to help you out. You want to remove that decision fatigue as much as possible. And you want to be able to make this as smooth and as seamless as you can. So I always say, you know, meal prep or, you know, get a meal prep company to do that for you. You know, set your workouts at the same time every day. If you know that you finish at a certain time, make it a non-negotiable to train at 6 p.m. when you finish work, right? And bring your gym stuff with you. It just builds this lovely routine that's nice and seamless. There's not much friction. Uh, and you're able to adhere to that a lot more. Uh, now, of course, there are weeks where you may not be able to do that, but just staying as consistent as possible can really help you out. How far out do you plan your workouts? Is that a week to week, month to month? Uh, you know, how far out do you recommend having your workouts ready for that's another good question. So the way I like to do it is I like to do it in kind of four week blocks. Uh, and this does differ from person to person, but I kind of write my training program for a month and I'll do the training program and then I'll kind of review the progress and how it went. And then I'll kind of move on to the next training block. So sometimes it'll be like a 12 week program that I'll do, uh, but it'll be reviewed kind of every four weeks because you need your body time to do those exercises. You need time to kind of progress. You need to get used to the movements. And then kind of after you've done it for four weeks, there's a good time to either carry on if it's going well or review or review and maybe differ it a little bit to ensure you can progress you know i think a lot of people they they have things that they really want to do in life and one of them being you know whether it's fitness or going after an entrepreneurial endeavor um when you kind of made that jump from you know your corporate job that you were working to this what was that um support like from you know family or friends like was everybody supporting you like yes oliver go do this or did you just kind of have to say no, I'm do, like, I'm just going to go for this and kind of, you know, see what everybody says afterwards. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And it's a great topic, actually. So when I um, quit my job and I pursued it, not many people understood. Uh, not many people got the fact that I wanted to leave the steady corporate job to pursue running my business. And um, I had a couple, I was lucky. I had a mentor that helped me from uni, uh, two mentors, and then I had a few good friends and, you know, my mum and dad are very supportive and family. But aside from that, there were a lot of people that, you know, they would talk shit on me. They would, you know, um, make fun of the fact I was putting myself out there, making YouTube videos and things like that. Um, you know, laughing, cracking jokes at the pub about me and things like that. And um, it, it's actually quite a funny experience because, you know, this last month I actually spent in Dubai and, um, I was there for a month working and um, I wouldn't have been able to do this if it wasn't for the fact that I decided to pursue my business. And the funny thing is all the people that were, you know, shit talking me and things like that, they were stuck at home and it just makes you smile. Like, you know, you don't need to entertain the, this. You don't need to take revenge. You don't need to get angry. You just need to keep pursuing what you want to do. And you need to, even when people say, no, you need to really believe in yourself to, to do it. As cheesy as it sounds, you need to literally have literally your head in like one mode and be like, I'm going to do this. 
and the results are speaking for themselves. I had one of the best months of my life out in Dubai and I had the freedom to do that because I said to myself, you know what, don't worry what anyone says, believe in yourself. And now lots of people are, are very supportive of me and, and it's great, but I'll never forget the people that were there for me, you know, when there wasn't much support, right? The people like my mentors, my family, my close friends, because they've always believed in me, um, which is great. But sometimes you'll find, especially when you start out, you're not going to always get that support. And you need to be aware of that. You also need to have some thick skin to get through that uh, and really appreciate those supportive people you have around you. Tell me about, um, you know, this, this, this trip that you just had to Dubai, Oliver. Um, you have some uh, practices that you have spoken about on your podcast and you've shared. Um, I know that everybody likes to go out and have fun. And how do you, how, what are some things that people can do to minimize, you know, the effects of alcohol or a night out that you could share with everybody? Because, you know, the fact of the matter is we're not all machines. We need to get out and have a good time, right? So, you know, what are some things that you could share to combat some of those effects? Yeah, for sure. I think that's a, a great question. And I'm a big proponent of kind of living that balanced life, right? You work harder in the gym, you look after yourself, you stay healthy, but you also need to have a little bit of hedonism, right? You need to enjoy yourself. You need to enjoy life. Um, and I'm sure you being a DJ, you understand that, right? You've got to have times where you're working, but you want to go out and you want to party, right? And your audience will probably resonate with this too. So, um, one of the big things that you need to think about is kind of, again, planning when it comes to, you know, your drinking and your night out. So if you're going on a night out, let's say on holiday, you need to be like, okay, cool. What time am I going out? What have I got planned during the day with my food? And I'd recommend keeping a very high protein diet that day, uh, just for the fact that it's going to keep you satiated. It's going to keep you full. It's going to allow your body to recover and your muscles to recover. And you want to kind of, you know, make sure that you've got some calories remaining for alcohol in the evening, because if you're going out, it's likely you're going to be drinking a lot of calories that are going to come through alcohol. So you want to make sure you've got enough protein in your system first before you go out kind of drinking alcohol. With that as well, you kind of want to get a workout in and some extra activity during the day. The reason being is because you want to have like some extra energy expenditure and you want to burn some extra calories because that's then going to allow you to have kind of more room for, you know, alcohol in the evening without you kind of putting on weight right? You got to think of this from like an energy balance. Um, and then when going out, think of, you know, drink choice, right? You see a lot of guys go out and they just drink beer, 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 beer. Now, you know, you do 10 pints of beer at 200 calories. That's 2000 calories worth of beer. That is, you know, a lot of, a lot of beer, um, you know, a lot of bloating, a lot of calories. Whereas what I recommend is sticking to a spirit, which is very clean with a, you know, diet soft drink, right? Zero calorie. If not just spirits themselves, you know, do some shots and things like that. Um, you know, that is probably the best way to kind of keep calories down. And if you can, you know, drink some water in between your rounds, right? A lot of people forget to drink water. And a big reason why people feel horrible the next day and they feel like absolute shit is because of the fact they're dehydrated. And what happens when you're dehydrated is you get headaches, you get that nausea, and you get all these toxins from the alcohol. And what you can actually do, this is a really good tip, is consume some electrolytes and some water when you get in from a night out and also the next day, because what that's going to do is help you retain the water, which your body really needs and flush out those toxins. Now that's going to reduce the nausea, less headaches, um, and you're just going to feel much better the next day. Um, so that's kind of my approach to kind of a night out. And one more thing, you know, if you come in from a night out, try and get a hit of protein, right? Try and get a hit of some kind of food. I mean, there can be some carbs in there, but try and get that hit of protein before you go to bed. That's really going to help sober you up, you know, absorb that alcohol. You're going to help with, you know, keeping you satiated while you sleep. With, with my career, um, it's inevitable that people, you know, we're going to have drinks, we're going to get social. So I think having those type of tips are huge. Like, yeah, you know, whenever I've had, um, when I'm not feeling the best after a show or something, I can always point to the fact that I didn't mix in some Gatorade or water, uh, different <laughs> things like that. Sick. And, um, 
this type of lifestyle can get monotonous, right? Like probably eating a lot of the same meals, you know, like having a lot of repetition and things like that. One, I want to ask you, what are some just like daily habits and rituals that you have, whether it's your morning routine or evening routine? How do you instill different fun activities in your schedule to not to kind of break that up and not make it as monotonous? That's a really good question, man. So we'll start with kind of habits. So I think it's really important when you wake up in the morning, you know, how you start the day, you know, you, you win the morning, you win the day, right? So for me, a big thing is, you know, I actually get in the shower and, you know, I do some affirmations to myself, man. I tell myself about how yes. much of a great day it's going to be, right? I big myself up in the shower, as weird as that sounds, right? Um, you know, your inner voice and the things that you talk to yourself is really important, man, because that dictates how you feel and how you approach situations, right? Um, when a bad thing comes across to you during the course of the day, if you've got a good opinion of yourself and you've got a good inner voice, you can brush that off or, you know, you can find a solution to the problem. If you've got a bad inner voice, what happens is you feel that that's like an attack on you, right? You're like, oh my God, I feel bad about myself. This person's attacking me. And you go into a really negative mindset. Whereas if you start the day with some good affirmations, that transforms the way that you think. Another good thing that I like to do is some journaling in the morning. So I've got a diary. I've got it right here. It's called the six minute diary. Um, and basically you write down three things that you're grateful for, how you're going to make today great um, and, you know, a positive affirmation. So I think writing down what you're grateful for in the morning is so important because, you know, most of us, even you guys listen to this podcast, are, you know, pretty lucky. Most of you living in a first world country, um, you know, you're pretty healthy, I hope. And, you know, you don't have anything any illnesses. Um, so you're pretty lucky, but sometimes we compare ourselves with these guys on Instagram. We compare ourselves with these celebrities and we straight away think our lives are rubbish and it's not true. There's lots of good things that we've got in our lives that I think, you know, we can all be grateful for. So that's a big thing around kind of habits that I instill. Um, and then, you know, fun and social. I'm a big social person, man. So I try and socialize two to three times a week as much as I can, you know, whether that's going the dinner. sensible hat. That's it. Yeah, bring out the sensible hat, man. That's not very sensible. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I like to like to go out on the weekend with the boys, have a few drinks. You know, I like to go out with friends for dinner. Um, you know, go out to meet some girls. You know, whatever it is, man. It's like you need to have that social interaction, and it's been so difficult with COVID and what's been going on. Um, but you know, as things open up, you know, make it you know a priority to have a social time two to three times a week, interact with people in real life. Uh, and if you can't do that speak to people online, man, like we're doing, right? You know, connect with people online, social media. Um, the world can be a lonely place, but, you know, you can make it less lonely when you reach out to people, you talk to them and you make good friendships. Totally. I, I could not agree more, Oliver. We have so much to be thankful for. Like those daily rituals, I think are so essential. You know, those days that you feel off, like, man, I don't really feel like working out today, but, you know, you hit the affirmations, get a good, it, get, 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 uh, get a good meal on you and you, you just make it happen and keep the momentum going. Um, I, something that I really uh, genuinely wonder about in your industry, what makes people fail at a brand like yours, like from what you've seen from, from peers, can you identify anything that you feel like these are the reasons why people fail or don't find success? That's such a good question. Um, you know, I think a lot of it is um, lack of persistence because, you know, for me, there's lots of failures that I've had with my business. You know, I've had eBooks that haven't sold, um, you know, I've launched products that haven't done well. I've had months where I've not made much money. Um, but I've, again, and I think this comes back to this inner voice that I've always got. I've always got this self-belief. I've always believed in myself and I've always said as shit as things go, I'm going to brush this off and I'm going to keep going. You know, it doesn't matter. I'm going to keep going. Um, and through that, obviously, you know, I try and take on mentorship. I try and learn from people. I do courses and lots of things to learn. I talk to lots of different people. So all of these are really uh, key. But I think most of it 
the biggest failure is people don't believe in themselves. They don't have this grit and they don't have this self-belief inside them. And, you know, I'm lucky I've always had that inside me. Um, and I think people need to kind of reverse engineer, you know, that inner voice, right. And what they think about themselves and then let that transition into the business, because once you believe in yourself, the business is going to have, you know, some enthusiasms and fire. It's going to go places because you, you're the one, you know, driving it forward. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like you have a growth mindset and you, you always want to learn something new, want to get better. Um, you know, that kind of makes me, (laughs) yeah, mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, something that, um, I want to bring up is like, you know, Tim Grover, uh, Michael Jordan's old, um, trainer, he he used to talk about, he would kind of predict NBA athletes success based off of their reaction on, on uh, draft day. Like for example, when Kobe Bryant got drafted, you know, he didn't go out and go party with, with his uh, best friends or anything. He went to the gym, hit a, you know, hit an hour uh, shooting hoops, practicing, hit the weights that night. Tim Grover knew at that point that Kobe Bryant was going to have a huge NBA career. You know, I, I see parallels with you and like your physique, your brand, like you've gotten to this point where I would feel like in your, in your industry, you've turned pro. How do you stay hungry? Like, what, what's your motivating factor to throw up more weight on deadlift or bench press, like improve your, your aesthetic? What is your, where does that motivation come from to not be like, okay, Hey, I made it and I'm in really, really good shape, but what's making you want to really keep pushing from where you are? I loved, I love that, man. That's a great question. And I've thought a lot about this recently. And, you know, I think it is the fact that, you know, um, if you're not progressing, you know, in my mind, you're regressing, right? Like, you know, when, as soon as I'm stationary, I get this, like, I feel stressed. Like when I'm not stressed, I feel stressed, if that makes sense. I always need to be in a place where I'm pushing forward or working towards something or, um, you know, trying to get better because you get to a certain level. And I remember when I was training and I was, you know, was a really skinny guy, I would have begged to have looked like I do now. I would have said, you know what, at that age, I wish I looked like you now and I would give up and I wouldn't want to want any more. But then once you get to a certain stage, you're like, guess what? There's, there's another level to it. There's another, like, you know, this is a game that you can keep playing. You can keep progressing. And that's not to say you shouldn't enjoy the present. Like I, I love the process. I love the pre- the present moment. I love being here, but you know, you always should be working towards something. Why not? Right. You know, you're born healthy. You're born in a good environment, you know, show gratitude by trying to push yourself, man, you know, trying to be the best that you can possibly be. Um, and I guess that for me is really important. You know, I want to help as many people as I can. You know, I want to earn as much as I can to live the life that I want. So there's many factors that are driving it. Um, but, you know, for me, I just don't think you can stay stationary as a person. You've always got to be dynamic. You've got to be moving. You've got to be progressing. That's a big thing that I'm about. I, I see it from your posts on Twitter. And, uh, you know, your mindset is really strong, man. I personally really enjoy your podcast. Um, Thank you, man. I, um, I listened to your My Story podcast. I loved it. I felt like I knew you after uh, just listening to that one episode and, you know, following you on Twitter. Um, I know that you, you spoke about, um, you know, transitioning from a grow podcast to this fitness mastery podcast. What type of impact do you want to have, um, you know, with your podcast and how is it different from that original podcast? Great question. So I had the Grow podcast, which was for me at the time, I wanted to speak to as many interesting people as I could. So I spoke to you know leaders and, you know, sports people, um, pickup artists, everybody, right. That are really good in their field. Cause I had a very much an interest for the kind of life. Um, and I still do. I love speaking to all of these types of people. Um, but I decided to transition to my fitness podcast mainly because, you know, for me, 
the people I want to help is, you know, in the fitness realm. I want to people help people get fitter. I want them to get healthier. And I want to help busy professionals, senior execs, CEOs, those type of people. So for me, it made sense to kind of niche down this podcast. After having a half-decent podcast already, I knew what to do. I knew how it worked. I then wanted to really specialize and help those sort of people. Um, uh, and uh, if I could keep both going, I would, because I love the fact that I could speak to these other people. Uh, but from a business perspective and a time perspective, it just made sense to rebrand to the fitness mastery for high performing professionals. Um, and I think that it is going pretty well and I'm enjoying it. So I'm glad that I changed. <laughs> it's going to keep growing, man. Like uh, I know you're just like 12 or 13 episodes in and I'm excited to see, you know, what type of guests you have and the content you share. I mean, I, I, I take notes when I listen to your podcast. That's just how I am. And uh, uh, I've thanks, looked, I've learned a lot from you. For you, Oliver, like so far, what, what's been the most rewarding thing about working with your clients that have really busy lives and, you know, instilling that discipline for their achieving that physical appearance that they're, they're striving for. But what, what other facets of life have you seen improvement in, you know, just talking with your clients and building relationships with them? Love that. It's a great question. And the funny thing is, you know, I'm a body transformation coach, but you know, the, the transformation goes way beyond the physical, right? Someone drops 40 pounds. That's fantastic. But it's not 40 pounds that, that I care about. What I care about is who is the person now after the 90 days, after the 40 pounds loss? Well, it's a guy that's got more belief in himself, right? It's a guy that feels he can manage things better. He can focus, you know, he's more self-confident. He's got this drive again. And I've seen it with lots of people, you know, clients have come to me saying, you know, girlfriends broke up with them, you know, they've got mental health problems. Uh, they hate themselves and all this kind of stuff. And when you're part of the process that's actually helped someone go from that to someone that then ends up loving themselves, that has this new enthusiasm for life, man, you can't put a price on that man it doesn't how much money how much money you pay me man that like nothing will beat that feeling when someone says thank you man you've changed my life um and you know i'm grateful to have been in a position where i've done that for people so um for me there's nothing more fulfilling than making you know changes to people's lives that go beyond the physical absolutely i, I love that i i think that when you have an ability to have an impact on people their lives and you have no idea what other impact that has on their family their work environment like who are they motivating after you've, you've shaped their mindset and helped them instill some uh, discipline in their life. You know, if somebody that's listening to this podcast wants to, you know, reach out and work with you, uh, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, what, what for should, sure, should, man. Just, should they DM you or? Yeah, you, for sure. Yeah, for sure, man. So there's a few ways you can do it. I'm very active on Twitter um, and also Instagram. My handle is at Broanwa. You can shoot me a DM on either of those places. Um, you can also shoot me a email to my email address, which is oliver at theworkercoach.com. And also visit my website, uh, theworkercoach.com. If you want to kind of find out a little bit about myself, my programs, some of the work I've done, some of the client results. Um, and yeah, just, you know, stalk me. So yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah, dude, I I love following you on Twitter. I love following you on Instagram. It's like a dichotomy of information. You know, Twitter, a lot of mindset stuff that I really like, really helpful. Instagram, you kind of show a uh, different side of you, like your humor and uh, a little more personal side of you. Yeah, man, I, I, I enjoy uh, being connected and following with you. But a few quick uh, kind of easy questions out of curiosity. Um, what is your favorite lift and why? Favorite lift? Oh, man, this is this is a great question. Um, I'm going to have to go with a barbell back squat, man, just for the fact that I just love training legs. And when you can go heavy on a back squat, it's great. You know, builds up the holio posterior chain, works your core. Um, and it was an exercise I actually wasn't very good at because I used to skip legs um, when I was younger because yeah. I was always a, a good footballer. So, uh, yeah, I always had 
good legs. But now I've started to train back squats properly. My form's really good on them and I can whack some heavy weight on. It feels really good to do, to, to, to hit. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. What about you, man? What's yours? Um, my favorite is incline dumbbell bench press for sure. And there's just something about it that. Oh, uh, it's a great exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a least favorite exercise that you do where you hate it, but you know, you just have to do it and that you would <laughs> recommend other people to do? <laughs> calf raises man no one likes training calves but <laughs> but the thing is you should train them man you know because you know it helps with just general yeah just movement and walking and things like that you want to have good calves if you're sprinting and you want to do sports then you need good calves man so train your calves <laughs> hell yeah awesome um yeah that, that, that i feel like that's you know calves and abs are the things that people would just kind of brush off and they put it for the end of the workout and they end up not doing it because they're like i've been here for an hour and they just want to leave or something that's it man um, yeah. well yeah I, i'll ask you uh do you have any is there anything that you like to know about me or uh, a question you'd like to ask to finish things off here yeah for sure man when are me and you uh linking up and going to an event and me watching you dj bro <laughs> dude uh hopefully you know spring summer 2021 maybe we can meet up in asia or um, yeah hopefully i'll get back to london again and we can you know grab dinner and a uh, drink and we'll we'll have some fun and you know, make it happen, dude. It'd be great to meet you. <laughs> yeah, sure, bro. I'm, I'm looking forward so to that. Fun. Yeah, awesome. it'd be amazing, man. Well, Oliver, dude, thank you so much for your time. Um, it really was a pleasure speaking with you. I know that, um, you know, everybody listening has a much better idea of who you are and can, you know, has some good takeaways that they can apply to their life and some habits. Um, one more time, can you just kind of tell us your uh, social media so uh, people can follow you and get in touch with you? For sure, man. So uh, again, I just want to say a big thank you for having me on, man. Really appreciate you reaching out. Love what you're doing. And this podcast is going to is gonna bang. I know it, man. It's going to be great. Um, my socials are at Ramwar. So uh, R-O-A-N-W-A-R for both Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. Thank you so much. Hey, and anybody listening, if you have a Twitter, th- this is a must Twitter follow. And I'm not going <laughs> to put I'm not going to put that out much on this podcast. This is a must Twitter follow. If you have Instagram and you want to, uh, you know, keep in touch with Oliver following him there too. And uh, thanks for tuning in.